0: Our guest for today's episode is my friend, Kristen Dalton-Wolf. Kristen is a former Miss USA, an author, a speaker, and a coach who has dedicated her life to helping women grow in their confidence and their callings. And that's exactly what we're talking about today, confidence. Now, if you're anything like me, you've spent a lot more of your life feeling insecure than you have feeling confident. You want to feel confident, like truly, deeply confident, but you're not exactly sure how to get there. And there also might be part of you that wonders if confidence is something we should even be striving for. Should we be striving for confidence or to know our identity in Christ? And what's the difference between those two? And again, how do we do either of those things? And also, aren't we supposed to be humble? Is confidence the opposite of humility? Like I said, we have all kinds of questions. And really, when it comes down to it, we all just wanna know who God created us to be and stand tall and confident in that identity. But for a million reasons, that's just really hard. We're going to talk through so much of that today with Kristen, she has some incredible life-changing wisdom to share, and I cannot wait for you to hear from her. But before we dive in, I wanted to make sure you'd heard my big news. I have a brand new prayer journal coming out this August, and you guys, I am so excited about it. It's called the Between Places, 100 days to Trusting God when you don't know what's next. And it is perfect for any woman who's navigating any sort of uncertainty about her future. It's for the woman who is single and wondering if she's ever going to find her person, and for the woman who's dating someone and wondering if this person is the one. It's for the woman who's worked in the same career for several years now, which has left her absolutely sure that this is not what she wants to do for the rest of her life, which brings up the question, what does she want to do? It's for the woman who's wondering if she's ready to have a baby, and also for the woman who's trying to grow her family and finding out that it can be a lot harder than we sometimes imagine. It's also for the woman who's feeling the weight of uncertainty in this season of life we're all in right now, feeling like the whole world has turned upside down this year, taking her plans and any sense of security right along with it. It's a prayer journal to help women trust God with their future, and I am so excited to tell you that it officially comes out on August 17th. So be sure to mark your calendars. I cannot wait to share this with you, friends. Okay, now without any further ado, let's hop into my conversation with Kristen. Kristen. Okay, friends, I'm sitting here with my dear friend, Kristen Dalton, and Kristen, it feels like it is about time that we have you on a Girls' Night episode. Like, what have we even been doing?
1: Oh my gosh, Stephanie, I am I am so honored and so excited. I have had friends DM me or message me and be like, you need to be on Stephanie Mae Wilson's podcast. And so I found you, started following you. And I'm like, yes, I do. I listen to some of your podcasts and I'm like, I cannot wait.
0: <laughs> like this, is no, these, are this these are my people. These are my
1: people. Exactly.
0: Um, well, Kristen, for, for women who aren't familiar with you yet, can you tell us who you are, what you do and a fun fact about yourself?
1: Okay. Well, I, I'm a former Miss USA. I live in Los Angeles. I am married. I've been married for almost seven years, which is crazy. So, And then I have two children, a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter, eight-month-old son, and I um, am an author of three books. I run a women's ministry out here in Los Angeles, and I um, I do personal pageant and professional development coaching. Um, speaker, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm like talking way too much about myself. So there's that, and then a uh, fun fact about me, oh my gosh. You know, this is a question that we get in the pageant world. Like, it's a kind of a common uh, question. Or like, if you go on an audition, they're like, "What's a fun fact about you?" And I, I'm always like, "Please don't ask me that. I am not fun. <laughs> <laughs> could uh, not not fun. be less true. I am as basic as you can get. Like, my answers are going to be the same as everyone else. I like to hike. I like to do yoga. And I like, I like lattes at Starbucks. You know. <laughs> um. All right. So I was thinking about it. Fun fact. I've never told anyone this. Oh my gosh. I'm really excited. (laughs) I'm nervous. (laughs) Uh, I'm like, I was like, should I share this? And I was like, well, it's been, it's been 10 years. I think I'm safe. And it's girls Um, night. So (laughs) yeah, (laughs) it's girls night. Um, All right, girls, whoever's listening, don't share this anywhere. This is just for you. All right. So at Miss USA, there is um, uh, what they call a preview portion the preview is before the preliminary competition. And what happens is you go into a ballroom where the judges are so they can see you more up close. And so they kind of get basically a preview and they can kind of sift through and decide who they're going to be looking at more closely during the preliminary competition. So what they do is you go in individually and then you go in as a group. So I went in for evening gown. Felt great about it, and then I was. You, you go back out in the lobby, and you're waiting to go in as your group. And I do not know how. I don't know how this happened. It's like a Twilight Zone experience. But I didn't go back into the room to be judged with my group.
0: Why? Like I missed,
1: like I missed it. <laughs> like the, what were you? What were you, do, what were you doing? Girl, I am telling you. I I I don't know. Like I've ran through it in my head and I was just like how did that happen? I mean, I was sitting there with with everyone else. But then like my group came back out and they were like where were you? And I was like what? So basically I didn't go back in to be judged and in my head I was like, well, I hope I made a good impression the first time around, and yeah, it was a little bit scary, you know, because if they didn't if they didn't like me then, then they might not be looking at me during preliminary competition. But that was a moment where I was able to use my mindset training and realize, you know what, can't control it, so I'm not going to think about it, and oh. um, I ended up being okay. <laughs>
0: well, yeah, yeah, you did. You ended up being okay. That's so funny. I I feel like that's you must have had that dream a zillion times before, before you actually got like, you know, those stress dreams where it's like, uh, you know, you, it's all of a sudden you're back in high school and you haven't shown up for the class all semester. And then now it's time for the test or you can't find your locker or whatever. I feel like that is, you just described like a miss USA
1: stress dream, but it was totally real. Totally. And I've had them since too, those stress dreams, even after competing, but, um, yeah, it happened.
0: Well, I'm glad it turned out okay.
1: (laughs) Me too. Me too. Thanks, Lord. (laughs) He works out everything together for our good. (laughs) Yep. Yep. So, okay. I
0: want to hear from you, Kristen. You know, I I feel like I I don't know a ton about pageants. And I I think probably most of the women don't. And I think when I think about pageants, when I think about going into that room and being judged, and I, I mean, it's confidence isn't necessary like either I can't decide if confidence is a word that I automatically associate with an experience like that or like lack of confidence because I I mean I can't think of anything you need more than confidence to walk into a room with your head held high and feel like good and good enough in a moment like that but I also feel like insecurity would just be like rampant. And so I would Hmm. love to hear just a little bit more about your story and, and why you're so passionate about empowering women to have confidence in themselves.
1: Hmm. Well, I'm passionate about it because I know what it's like to fake confidence and to quote, fake it till you make it and to turn it on. And to be really confused when someone says to you, just be yourself, and you don't know what that means, and you don't know which version of yourself you should show up as. (laughs) Mm. And the disparity between faking it and being it is very depressing. There's a very big gap and hole, and it is, like you said, filled with insecurity and you're you know, you can perform on the stage, lights, camera, action. But what's going on at home, or in your bathroom, or in your bed? You know, crying to sleep at night, or whatever it, whatever the pain might be, is just not sustainable. Yeah. And so, I, after winning Miss USA, I mean, I thought that it was going to. Really, like I didn't like think this consciously, but unconsciously or subconsciously, I thought that once I won, I would finally feel validated that I would prove all the people who were ever mean to me or who ever um, overlooked me or didn't pick me for the team or didn't pick me for the solo and choir or didn't invite me to the party or ignored me at school that I would just, you know, prove them wrong. And make them feel bad. <laughs> um, but that also, I would finally feel that inner, unshakable, true confidence. Like it would transcend from like, you know, acting confident to really being it. Mm-hmm. And of course, I did have elements of really being confident. But then there was also that disparity there. So anyways, after I won, that is not what happened. And I realized that I had developed this formula that said that my performance plus the approval of others equaled my validation. And you know, that is, um, oh my gosh, just like a, it's like walking on a tightrope. Yeah. So, um, I actually became more depressed that year. I doubled my dose of antidepressants and That was surprising to me. I loved the job of Miss USA, but I felt like the whole time I still felt like a runner up. I still felt like the whole year I was proving why I should have won. Mm. And so it's that mindset or that mode of operation of operating from this place of striving and emptiness and lack and proving versus operating from a place of, I'm good, fullness. Like, you don't have to like me. That's okay. You know, true confidence is not needing people to like you. And I was not at that place. So then I moved to Los Angeles. Someone told me for the first time, I was raised a Christian, by the way, but someone told me for the first time that I really had ears to hear. They said, Kristen, don't you know that you are a daughter of the King? And I was like, excuse me, what did you just say? It was a paradigm shifting moment for me in my life. It was like my world turned upside down. And I thought, well, first I'm going to tweet that. So my future husband knows I'm special. (laughs) (laughs) Second wow no wonder i've always loved fairy tales no wonder i've always thought i was a princess secretly transported into this world no wonder i wanted to be miss you no wonder i'm attracted to crowns and royalty and i get to be that all the time and so then i got really excited about this whole idea i mean truth that we are royalty and i really pressed into what that means. I was like, okay, I love that. That's so great. Sounds awesome. But what does that mean? What does that mean for us? How does that mean that we get to live differently? And yeah, I went on this whole journey and now it's my ministry because it changed my life. I learned for the first time that God says stuff about us. <laughs> raised a Christian and I did not know that He said, you are more precious than rare jewels. I did not know that He said, you're altogether beautiful. My darling, there is no flaw in you. So wow. To make those truths personal and let them transform me from the inside out, I was able to get off my antidepressants Mm. (laughs) and, uh, really start living differently and feeling differently within myself. So it wasn't faking confidence anymore. And I wasn't as offended. I wasn't as sensitive. I wasn't as critical. I wasn't, uh, as jealous and insecure. So I just know the freedom that you can have and that we have access to as God's daughters. And it makes me angry to think that, or not just to think, but to experience when girls don't know, especially Christian girls who are in church and youth group, and they still don't know And they don't have self-worth and they don't know their identity and they don't have confidence. And because of that, they're letting boys treat them a certain way. They're letting girls treat them a certain way. And they're just not experiencing the fullness of life that Jesus came to give us.
0: I'm like amening all over the place. I wish you could see me. I like (laughs) have my hands up. (laughs) I love it so much. And really, I like I can really relate to that, Kristen. I, I mean, for the longest time... I've always said that insecurity was like my Achilles heel and I've never felt it. I mean, I felt it my entire life, just this deep sense of not being good enough and also being too much all at the same time, like
1: mm-hmm. not enough,
0: too much. All in one person, and that's who I felt like I was. And it was Mm. so much striving. It was so much fear. I would say something and then immediately, like, beat myself up for being so stupid or for having said that, or I shouldn't say that. Or I mean, just my relationship with myself was so toxic. And, and really, even when, even when I met Jesus, even when I became a Christian, that part of my life didn't totally change. It is uh, so much of my life changed like 180 when I met Jesus and became a Christian. But there was sort of this like second part of the journey that I had to, that yeah. I had to go on. And a lot of it happened actually while I was traveling around the world, um, doing missions for a year. And it was like God took me out of my comfort zone and away from my family and friends and was like, we need to talk about this because even though I knew him, I I wasn't living in the freedom of what that should mean. And I mean, truly for a year, we talked through the things I was believing about myself. I found out, I really realized for the first time, like the toxic things that I thought were really true about me. And Mm. throughout the year, God really helped me like rip those off and start to put on the truth of who he says I am. And it really did change. It changed my career trajectory. It changed all mm. of my relationships. It changed my friendships. I mean, I felt like I could actually live my life in mm. freedom because mm. I wasn't so weighed down and held back by all these things that weren't actually
1: true about me. Oh my gosh. It's so true. I love the fact that you said freedom because that's really what it is. It's like freedom from yourself, <laughs> yeah. freedom from, like you said, I love that phrase. I had a toxic relationship with myself. It's like, yes, in Jesus, he gives us the supernatural ability to be free from the inside out. Yeah. It's the best thing ever. Best. So like,
0: I, I mean, this is such an important thing. I want to just talk through it for another minute. Like when we actually know who we are, when we mm. know what God says about us uh, what when when we know what God says about us, and when we're able to actually feel like the confidence of that, what changes in our life, kristen like what happens what happens as a result of that? Mm.
1: a lot of things one of the first things for me was starting to really just own who I was and to become just more unapologetic and even setting boundaries and being able to express what I wanted to do and what I didn't want to do. Like I could be in a group of friends and they, they might all want to go, you know, to a restaurant and then a club after. And then I would feel like I couldn't say what I really wanted to do because I don't know, they might get mad at me or it might seem too, you know, difficult. And so just even something as simple as being able to be like, no, I don't want to do that, you mm-hmm. know, or no, I actually, this is just, no, I'm not comfortable with that. And, and if they don't, if they're not okay with it, that's, I don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not in a rude way. It's just like, that's fine. Like, like it get it gets you to this place where you can be like, that's okay. You don't have to like me or that's okay. Like you can be mad at me. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, like you're okay. Yep. Um, or that's okay. You can think that's weird about me. Um, it gets you to this place where you can stand up for yourself. Like I remember this one time we were playing this game, uh, Mafia. I don't know if, have you ever played that? Mafia. Oh, for sure. Yes, for <laughs> sure. It, it, and it can be, it can get really heated. And I remember this friend of mine who she's very confident and she can, you know, she can kind of scare can be a little scary in this situation. <laughs> um, but she, she yelled at me and uh, accused me of lying in the game. And I had to go to my room and I, I was like shaking and I was like, oh, I hate this. I hate feeling like I'm like the, the little lamb that's like over here quivering. And she gets to talk to me like that and it's okay. And she gets away with it. Why do I, why do I allow that? And I I just remember God was like, Why don't you just tell her that's not okay? And this was during a season where I was practicing. I was practicing drawing boundaries and I was practicing letting people know what I was okay with and what I wasn't. Um, because I think that's a scary thing for us as people and especially girls and especially Christian girls. And, yes. anyways, I remember I was like, All right, I'm going to practice it. And I went back in the room and I took her in the kitchen. I was like, Hey, and and I'm not saying this was the best way. Cause like I said, I was practicing, but I was like, Hey, um, you're not allowed to yell at me like that ever again. <laughs> and she was like, like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Cause she wasn't it, a, she's not used to, she wasn't used to you know, someone calling her out. And two, I don't even think she realized the impact that she had. And then three, it allowed her and gave her the space to say she was sorry and, and to maybe see a blind spot. Um, and it's never happened since. So anyways, like those are just two specific examples because honestly so much changes, but those are two of my favorite things. It's just the ability to really be unapologetic in who you are and what you want and what you don't want and being okay. If someone is not okay with that,
0: <laughs> that's, I could, I honestly could not relate to this more. There have been, we've talked about this a little bit on the show, but last October, I don't, I'm, I'm I can't am i even say what year I don't even know. Um, there, but for the last, like, you know, year and a half, I've been in counseling. And one of the biggest things we've been talking about is boundaries. And mm. that's and and practicing saying like not not only knowing what you need and what you want which is hard in the first place right. so saying like do you want to go uh, do you want to spend the night out or do you need a night in it took yeah. me so long and honestly, so much counseling to learn how to like, look into myself and, and Mm -hmm. say, Stephanie, what do you want to do tonight? And then to be able to express that to someone else. And if they think it's lame or if they think it's stupid or if they're upset, like to, to really be okay, right. Doing the thing that I know I need to do. But I've had a couple of instances in the last you know year and a half being on this journey of having to say to people, I really love, you cannot speak to me that way and it's wow. not it's not habitual it's not like a, a you know a symptom of, of a bigger thing but just you know someone says something and it actually really offends me and it's not the mm. it's the, that does not meet the standard of how like that's below the standard of what i require when it comes to someone speaking to me like that that doesn't that doesn't fit the bill um, wow. wow, it's so
1: good if you want to speak to
0: me you need to be kind and you need to be respectful and you weren't and yeah. so don't do that again. And I mean, truly I, like I was shaking as I had to say yeah. this to these people, but the response was incredible. And even if it wasn't, I, I mean, I could not be more proud of myself to, for finally
1: right.
0: learn, knowing who I was enough and knowing what I was worth enough to stand up for myself. Mm-hmm. It just means mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing so I was good. thinking about when it comes to knowing who you are, there's this, Principle that I think we've all heard of in different ways. I think the first time I ever remember learning about it was like in psychology class in high school. But there's such a thing called a self fulfilling prophecy. Mm. And we know that this is true <laughs> if we kind of think through it. Like, if you walk into a job interview and you think that it's crazy that they even invited you for an interview because you are so unqualified and you would mm. be so bad for the job and they would never pick you, like, there's no way for you, none of us, I think. I don't think any of us are good enough actresses to hmm. overcome the fact that we think we are total frauds and don't deserve to be there in mm. like we don't, we're not good enough actresses to fake it like we are. Um hmm. and so you go into that interview and because you know that you or you believe that you don't belong there and you believe that you're not going to get the job like you act like it. Hmm. And, and that happens in our relationships. It happens with apply. Like, if you don't think that you're worthy of a promotion, you're never going to apply for the promotion. Therefore, you're hmm. never going to get the promotion.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and it it just is so pervasive in so many areas of our life. And I know that for me, like, as this is, as I've grown in this area, I've taken so many more risks. I've taken so many more leaps and therefore I've gotten so many more opportunities or, I've said hi to people I wasn't sure, even wanted to say hi back. And then they <laughs> said, said hi back, and now we're friends, you know? It, but if we we don't believe that we're worthy of something, we're not going to get that thing because we won't even allow ourselves to take the chance. Mm. And I think that really changes when we start to know what God says about us.
1: Mm, yeah, that's really good. That's really good. And you know what? The the journey of believing you are worthy is is a journey. And it doesn't, it doesn't happen just by being like, you know, oh, this is what the word says, like, and it's just magically going to change your mind in a day, you know, or a week because we have to start putting action to (laughs) what we want to believe. And it's like, you might not believe or really feel worthy right now, but there is power in making a decision and at least... Wanting to get there and believing that the word of God is true, even if you don't feel it yet, there's more power in putting action behind it. And so I think what what really leads to confidence and feeling confident and feeling worthy is doing something when you're afraid, doing hard things, persisting even when you fail. and perseverance. Like I think that the practicing, practicing preparation, like doing the things, doing the things as if you're already the person that you want to become. Cause you start to realize like, Oh, I'm actually kind of good at this. Like we don't really realize like what we're good at or how we handle conflict or how we handle pressure or struggle or, you know, hard things or scary things until we actually do it until we're actually in it. And, um, I don't know about you, but I feel like a lot of my confidence has just come from from doing something even when I'm not ready yet. <laughs> yes. Yes.
0: Cause the secret is that no one ever feels ready. No one ever right. feels ready. You have like if you're gonna do something that's a little bit beyond you, which we all should, you know, if, if yeah. you're gonna do something that matters, it's gonna be a little too big for you and you're not gonna feel ready. You're just gonna have to take a really deep breath and trust that God is going to be with you in it and do it anyway.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I tell my coaching clients this all the time, like when they're preparing for a competition um, or an audition, they're, they're like, how do I get that effortless, natural, relaxed presence? And I'm like, do the thing that you're going to do. You need to like do the job that you want to do in your everyday life. That's how you train for it. So it's like practice, practice, Practice and just hold true. It's like putting the practice behind what it says in the Bible that we have been given a spirit of boldness and power and of sound mind, not of timidity and not of fear. So even if you're feeling intimidated or fear, just be like, you know what? I have a spirit of boldness. I agree with the Lord that I have a spirit of power and boldness and clarity. And so I'm gonna speak. I'm gonna speak, even if I'm scared, because you know he's gonna he's gonna help me. And even if I fall, which by the way, I have totally blanked on talks before. Um, <laughs> he he always. He always helps you recover and then it helps you be better next time. So all that to say, it's like, just start doing hard things, start doing the thing you're scared to do, watch Holy Spirit work and decide to cling on to what he does say is true until until it starts to get worked out in you because of your action.
0: I love that. I think it's like the phrase that keeps coming to my head is take his word for it. Mm, Like God says this. And you either, I mean, we have to make the decision, and I remember having this, like, realization in my own life, we have to decide whether we think we're smarter or whether we think God is smarter. And even if, and, and you know, then once we decide that God is smarter, because He is, even when the things He's saying don't feel true, like, we have to just, like, they don't have to feel true to be true. and. We at some point yeah. we just have to decide to take his word for it. So this is what God mm-hmm. says. I don't really feel this way, but I'm gonna take his word for it and I'm going to act like yeah. this is true, or I'm going to take this step because of that.
1: Oh man, it's it's so um I I wonder if you relate to this because this is something I talk and teach on all the time is you know, capital T truths over feelings and capital T truth over evidential truth. But when you are in a season of evidential truth and circumstances that tell you, you are failing, you are not good at what you're doing. You are not a nice person. (laughs) You are not a a good mom, you are not spiritually mature. It's hard. It is really hard to believe that you're not disappointing God or that he's not mad at you or you're letting him down in some way. It's hard to really believe that he says you are more precious than rare jewels when you feel filthy. Yeah, And, um, I have been in that season really for, for the last year and through that And I'm just like speaking to anybody who that might relate to right now through that. God has really showed me my need for his grace. I didn't really receive his grace before because I I had this mentality that God, God thought about me like, Hey, you should know better than that. Grace is available to everyone else, but not you because you're supposed to be better than that. Like you're supposed to know better, you're supposed to do better. Like don't mess up because y- you know better. Why would you mess up? Yep. And so when I when I did mess up, I mean, I would just like abuse myself, beat myself up, punish myself, condemn myself, criticize myself, which then leads to me criticizing others because it all stems from me thinking that God is critical of me. And so the key is really realizing that grace is beautiful and it's powerful and grace gives us the ability to take action to change without the condemnation and guilt attached to it.
0: I feel like truly I just need to like lay down and soak in that. I I can I can relate to that so much. Kristen like I feel like, you know, when I think back to how I met Jesus, like I was a hot mess when I first met him or when he first got my attention. Like I was not top of my class in any category. That's hard,
1: that's hard to imagine, Stephanie May. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, well, uh, I'm grateful that I wrote it down, truly. Like anyone who's read the Lipstick Gospel is like, no, that's true. That's true. Um, but, But the thing is, it's easier for me to understand God's grace for me in that moment. It's much harder for me to believe that God would love me now. Because if I do something wrong now, it's exactly what you said. I should know better. Like, then right. I didn't know better. Now I do. Mm-hmm. So how could I possibly—and, right. and like, how could I possibly think a thought like that or or— you know, right. be lazy in this area or make a mistake mm. like that. How could I possibly? And it's, I just forget that the same God who loved me when I was a total wreck, you know, back 10 years ago is the same God who loves me when I'm a total wreck right now because yeah. our, our actions, our goodness is never like, we, there's nothing we can do to make God love us more. We can't perform into his love, but there's also nothing we can do to make God love us less. His love is constant through our bad behavior and our good behavior. Mm. And and the grace he gives us in our bad behavior, I love how you said that, gives us the, like, takes off the shame so that we can actually grow. Yeah. Hey friends, I wanted to take a quick pause from my conversation with Kristen to thank our sponsor for today. Our sponsor for today's episode is an amazing company called Pros. Rose creates hair care products like shampoo and conditioner that are customized for your specific hair. And not just like what color or how thick it is, they take every single aspect of your hair type, color, thickness, oiliness, and more into consideration. The process starts with an online consultation. I did it not long ago and it was so much fun. It felt like one of those magazine quizzes I used to love, is that just me? It was easy, but it was also so in-depth. They ask me so many questions that I would never have thought to answer, like how much does your hair shed or is your hair oily at the ends or just near your scalp? And so you answer a bunch of specific questions and then they take all of your answers and their algorithm puts together the perfect products for your specific hair. And get this, they have over 50 billion formula combinations. So you know you're getting a formula that is perfectly tailored to you. So anyway, I did the questionnaire and placed my order, and just a few days later, the package showed up on my doorstep. And I have to say, I was so impressed. Everything from the box to the packaging was beautiful. I ordered a pre-shampoo mask, shampoo and conditioner, and they came in these beautifully designed bottles, and all the bottles have my name on them? Like, talk about a personal touch, right? The first time I used the product, I was instantly blown away by the fact that they smell so good. Every time I wash my hair, it's like having a spa day right in my shower. The other thing I thought was cool is that they give you detailed instructions on how to use the products, which, I don't know about you, but I don't remember the last time I was taught how to shampoo and condition my hair, but I was so grateful because I learned so much. Like, how long you should leave the product on your hair, or how much you should use, and the fact that if you rinse your conditioner out with cold water, it makes your hair shinier. Isn't that awesome? I've been using these products for a while now and I'm already noticing a big difference. My hair feels silky soft and looks even shinier. And the other thing that I really like is that you can continuously customize your formula. They'll help you tweak things depending on your lifestyle changes or even changes in the weather. Pros is also focused on providing clean and responsible products. Every product is free of parabens, sulfates, phthalates, mineral oils, GMOs, and is always cruelty free. Plus, they list out every single ingredient they use on their website, so there are no secrets. Also, if you're not 100% positive, Pros is the best hair care you've ever had. They will take the products back, no questions asked. But I know that's not going to be an issue for you, friends. Prose is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. You can take your free in-depth hair quiz and get 15% off your first order today by going to that's pros, prose.com/girlsnight. That's prosep p ecom girlsnight and you can get your free in-depth hair quiz and 15% off. Prose, thank you so much for sponsoring our girls' night. We just love having you. Okay, now without any further ado, let's jump back into my conversation with Kristen. Well, okay, so I want to ask you this because, you know, we've been talking about how this is hard. So many of these things are hard for us as women specifically, and there's this whole other layer to our feelings about ourselves when we're Christians in in kind of a hard way. And I think part of it comes from the fact that I think the idea of confidence, like we're a little bit uncomfortable with it. I think that some of us are afraid of feeling confident or trying to feel confident because it might mean we're not humble or that we're full of ourselves or that we're putting ourselves above God in some way. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like we've sort of been taught that being confident is a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Can you talk us
1: through that? (sighs) Yes. I love that you're bringing this up. It's so true. Oh my gosh. Um, I mean, I was raised in the South, so yes to all that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, our kind of view or tainted view on humility means being a doormat, letting people treat you a certain way. And, um, the, and the scripture behind that is, you know, Jesus says, turn the other cheek, someone slaps you. So I, just to unpack that scripture a little bit, um, and this comes from the book Boundaries by Dr. Henry Cloud. Have you ever read that book? It is so good. It is uh, so good. Life-changing. So you know what I'm going to say. Yes. Um. But... But basically, um, you know, Jesus came to teach us a better way to do things. He, te- he comes to teach us this, really this whole paradigm shift is this, this upsound, upside down kingdom that really actually sets us free from the inside out, like what, we, what we've talked about. So basically what he's saying is do the opposite of your knee-jerk reaction, which is to lash out. He's like, but that's not—that is not— you, that's not going to garner you the result that you're really looking for. That's not the wisest response. And, and when he was giving that scripture, he's talking to Jews who live in a, a Roman empire who were um, second-class citizens. And if a Roman soldier uh, came up to a Jewish person and slapped them on the cheek, if the Jewish person lashes back out, they will either be beaten or imprisoned or killed. And so Jesus is basically saying, like, don't be dumb. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yes. um, he's like, and it, and it just speaks to all the scriptures in the Bible that talk about be still. You you need only to be still and I will fight for you. I will be your vindicator. So what he's saying is like, be internally still and anger um, and person who acts out of anger or emotion looks a fool and will ruin their reputation. And, you know, obviously that's not beyond what God can redeem, but, uh, anyway, so I just wanted to shed some light onto that because I feel like that's kind of like the scripture that people use to say, like, you know, be a doormat. Um, and so back to your, your question on confidence and how that can be misconstrued. So confidence isn't obviously, it's not, it's not arrogant or cocky. Confidence is trusting God. Confidence is living your life with God on the throne. He's the only one on the throne. Okay. It's taking people off the throne. Mm. A lot of times we think that we're being humble and modest by downplaying ourselves or diminishing ourselves because you know we don't want to be a target. We don't want to threaten anyone. We don't want anyone to feel, you know, offended or intimidated. So we play small. But you know what? Who is on the throne when we do that? People, not God. So, true confidence is living with God on the throne of your life. You fear him alone. You are in awe of him alone. And if he tells you, Stephanie Your gifting is writing and speaking and communicating and counseling. You better do it boldly, (laughs) boldly and not apologize for it and not try to play small because you don't want, you know, your friends to be upset that you're thriving. Forget that, you know, like confidence is, is being like so humbled that you have more fear of God than you have fear of people. And you're like, "Mm -mm, I, I am not trying to disobey the Lord. You know, it's, it's doing what he has called you to do unapologetically. Even if people, even if people gossip about you, even if people say, oh, she's self-promoting or she's, you know, she's, um, oh, she's just trying to gain a following or she's just trying to get famous or whatever. Like, I'll just give you an example. God has made it very clear to me that he wants me to do the speaking and teaching every month at our women's gatherings. For the for a while, I structured our gatherings where I had guest speakers come in and I set up panels. So it didn't look like it was all about me. And then I checked in with God and he was like, is that what I asked you to do? And I was like, well, God, I just don't want people to think I'm trying to promote myself. And he was like, why do you care about that? I asked you to do the teaching. And so I was like, oh, snap. And so... <laughs> It was so hard, Stephanie. I had to have, I mean, we had a a meeting. I had a meeting with my leadership team and I was like, we talked about everything on the agenda. And then at the end of the meeting, I was like, there's one more thing. And they're like, what? And I was like, I got to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. (laughs) Ran to the bathroom. (laughs) They're like, what is going on? And I come back in there and I'm like, y'all, I feel like the Lord is, I feel like I'm supposed to do the teaching every month. And they're like, oh, thank God, Kristen. Finally we've been waiting for this. And I'm like, what? Why haven't y'all said something? And they're like, I don't know. I thought you just didn't want the pressure, blah, blah. And so anyways, that moment was so healing and it could have not happened that way. And I would still have had to have done it. Right. Right. But that's just the example of true confidence versus false humility.
0: Oh, I love that so much. And I mean, really, how, how humble is it to say, you know, this is what God says about me, but I'm going to actually believe what I think instead. Like, that's actually not humble at all. That is putting yourself, putting your thoughts, putting your quote unquote truth above capital T truth. And that's Mm -hmm. not, that's Mm -hmm. not humble at all. That's. Yeah. Yeah. Believing the God who says, like, believing that we are who God says we are and believing He is who He says He is and doing the things He's told us to do is obedience, not Mm, happiness.
1: Yes. Yes, exactly. Obedience. A good word.
0: So I know that for, I would probably guess all of us, there are parts of ourselves that feel like just extra tough. Mm -hmm. Just things that we feel really insecure about. And I mean, I think that for a lot of us, they're, they're like the thorn in the side of our confidence. They're the thing we think about when we walk into a room or wonder if anyone's noticed or try to downplay. Do you have thoughts about this, Kristen? Like, what do we, what do we do with some of those most insecure parts?
1: Practically speaking, um, if it's physicality, I love this, this, uh, just, practical piece of advice that Joyce Meyer gave in a message one time. She's like, listen, if you don't like your thighs, wear pants. (laughs) She's like, if you think you're fat, wear black pants. I'm like, oh yeah. (laughs) She's like, stop complaining about it. You know, she's like, if you can't lose weight, like cover it up. That's what she says. Cover it up. And, um, I'm like, you're right. Like, let's move on, like get over yourself <laughs> and move on. You know what I mean? Because most people or do not like, you know, what's really helped me is walking into a room. I used to, I have like trauma from middle school, walking into that huge gym in the morning where everyone's sitting on the bleachers and they all have their little friends and I'm like, you know, one of the later ones to get there and then you have to find where you're going to sit. Yes. And I hate that. Um and so I think that, that can that can carry into our adult life when we walk into a room or we walk into a social situation like, oh my gosh, who's going to talk to us? Like am I cool? Um, what do I have to, oh my gosh, like, oh, I have, I just like spilled the stuff on my dress or this dress is dumb. It's like old and I haven't gone shopping for, oh my gosh, these shoes are scuffed up. This is so embarrassing. Please no one look at my shoes. You know, oh, I have this like big zit on my face. Like everyone's just gonna be staring at it the whole time. You know, what has really helped me is for me to, for me to be self-aware of how I think about people. And I realize I don't care. I am not thinking about them. I'm thinking about myself. (laughs) Um, Now, not as much anymore because I'm like outward focused and I I care about people. But what I mean is like most people, it's helpful to realize that most people are not analyzing you because they're too worried about themselves. Yes. Yes. You know, and so, and so it's like, you know what, when you can realize that, then it, it puts you... In this position and posture for you to walk in the room and for you to be the one who blesses people. A confident person is someone who can walk into the room not out of a spirit of intimidation. And even if you still have those little traces of intimidation, you can conquer it by being the one who walks in the room and you don't need someone to make you feel invited or accepted. No, you be the one who blesses someone, you be the one who compliments, you be the one who shifts the atmosphere in the room. It's like, get over here, get over yourself and care about others and help them soothe their insecurities. That is what helps. That's what helps. I love that.
0: I love that I because that,
1: I hope that doesn't, I hope that doesn't sound insensitive. I'm, I'm like talking, I'm talking like I talk to myself, <laughs> like I have to talk to myself like that. Like Kristen, get over yourself, you know, and yeah. own the fact that your shoes are old. Own the fact that your shoes are from TJ Maxx and you don't spend $200 on a pair of shoes. Like, no, you better be proud of the fact that you spent $30 on these things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm getting loud. Sorry, <laughs> no, you're, like, not at you're all. like You're like you're like all quiet, like you had. I'm like, oh my gosh, I was just yelling. <laughs>
0: no, I'm like laughing and smiling, and I'm I'm all about this. Um, I I really do think that I. So I had this this experience a while back with a group of women, and somehow I'm sitting in this group, and it was like one of those magic moments as a woman where you are con- like everyone's just being really honest and connecting really well, and it just. I don't know. It just was one of those magical conversations where you find out you're not alone in the world. Mm-hmm. And we, um, we talking about, we started talking about insecurities. And at the time there were some insecurities I had about myself that I could barely talk about. And we, for some reason we went around the room and it wasn't like organized or planned or anything. It just sort of happened. And everyone ended up kind of coming clean about some of the things about themselves that make them feel the most insecure. And what we were talking about, like physical things. And it was so crazy Mm -hmm. because I'm sitting there and I'm listening to these women. And if you were to have said, like, describe Amanda, there was no Amanda there, but describe Amanda. I would be like, she is stunning. She glows. She, when she speaks, people listen. She's funny. Um, nice. when you're around her, you feel like you're at home. Like you just feel better yeah. about the world when, sh- when she's around. Um, I would talk about her gorgeous, like brown curly hair and her smile and her twinkly eyes. And, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I just would talk about all these things and it gets to Amanda and Amanda says something like, I hate my legs. I hate my legs and I wear pants in the hottest weather because i hate my legs so much and it's all i can think about and i'm like Mm. i have seen amanda's legs what in the heck is she talking about like it's not only have i never noticed anything bad but like i mean truly like i haven't really thought about about her legs at all and and when i have seen them i haven't thought of Any, like, haven't thought anything. That's the last thing on on Mm -hmm. the list that I would ever say in talking about her. And I'm thinking this as the women are going around and everyone's kind of sharing what their thing is. And I'm thinking, this is crazy. And finally, I feel like God like kind of kicked me and I was like, Oh, oh, so maybe that's true about me too. (laughs) Maybe Uh. when people see me, they're not thinking (laughs) about this because this is such a small, like insignificant thing about me when there's so many things about me that are actually significant. And I love that. It was so helpful. Just one realizing that yeah. everyone has their thing. We all have bodies. Yeah. None of our bodies are perfect, and and everyone like everyone has insecurities. Everyone has quirks. Everyone has imperfections. And really, it doesn't. Yeah. It's not the main thing for any of us. And so, it's mm-hmm. not the main thing for us either. Does
1: any of that I make sense? I love that. Oh my gosh, I think that's so great. I love that perspective and how God revealed that to you, um, makes me think of how I feel even as a leader and a mother, I feel very insecure in those areas. And <laughs> for my birthday this, this year, we celebrated like my, it was my core team and I, and they all went around and shared like sweet things about me and like wrote com- life-giving cards and letters and some of the things that they shared were like, it's, it's hard for me to believe, you know, because they're, they talk about things that I feel so insecure in and I'm just like, really, you think I'm a good leader? Because I feel like I have no idea what I'm doing. And yeah, I think it just, it speaks to two things. One, we need life speakers in our life, yo. Mm -hmm. Like, and sometimes we have to ask, sometimes we got to be like, Hey, how do you have feedback for me? Or, or even more specific and even bolder and be like, can you, can you speak life over me right now? Mm. Like I, I, I like, and just not even, not even having any shame about it, but asking, cause that's the first thing is like, that was really really powerful, even if it's hard to believe sometimes. And then ask follow-up questions, like if it is hard for you, well, what do you mean by that? Can you be specific? Like, what makes you think that? And then they'll probably give you an example, and you're like, huh, oh yeah, because a lot of us we live in ourselves, so we don't see ourselves clearly, right? And we need other people to help us see clearly sometimes. Yeah. And gosh, you know, we uh, it just making me think right now how it's probably a waste of time for me to. <laughs> Uh, think about my insecurities or weaknesses or how I feel like I don't know what I'm doing because the fact is like, you know, I'm doing it. God has me doing it. And I guess he's not surprised by my weakness. So I might as well not get caught up in it because otherwise the enemy wins, right?
0: (laughs) That's so good. That's so good. I... You know, when you said the thing about having your friends speak life over you, that was one of the things that really changed for me when I was traveling that year and really talking to God about confidence and identity and insecurity and working through a lot of it. For the first time, I had people around me who were actively speaking life into Mm, me on a regular basis. And for the first time, I was reading God's truth over me on a consistent basis, we had we, one of the first places we went, the pastor we were working with gave us this printout of like God's truth. And mm-hmm. at the beginning of every day, we would read it out loud and it was just like declarations of who God says we are and who he yeah. is we just read it out loud and um we did mm-hmm. it every day that month and i and i remember thinking i am not done <laughs> and so yeah. i kept doing it just every morning i would just read this piece of paper that said this is who God is this is who he's made me to be this is like what this is what i can believe because of who Jesus is mm-hmm. and what he did for us and i mean just like a statement of beliefs that i would read every day and then another thing that was really powerful was uh, my girlfriend, Carly, um, we were in India for a month and she knew that I was really working on, you know, a lot of this identity and insecurity stuff. And um, I came home from where we were working at the end of the day and she had taken sticky notes and all over these sticky notes, she had written God's truths about me and she wow. had put them up all over my bed. And so for the whole month, I slept under these sticky notes that said, you know, I'm loved. I'm worthy of love. I am you know, uh, perfectly and wonderfully made. I am, um, all beautiful. You are my darling. There's no flaw in you. Like yeah. there's no flaw in me. Um, I'm a daughter mm. of the King and I sleeping under those words, having them be the first thing that I saw when I woke up in the morning started to really change me. And I just wonder like the things that are around us make a difference, make a difference in our lives. So what would it be like? And, and what could change if we intentionally surrounded ourselves with words of life and truth and started to weed out some of the things that contribute to our insecurity or start to question the voices that tell us we're not enough. I I just think that it could really change some things.
1: Mm. Oh my gosh. It's, yeah, I mean, exactly. It's, it's completely life-changing. And I think that this is a topic, the, the topic of what we think on and what we speak on. It's, You know, this is talked about a lot to the point where I think sometimes you can hear it talked about and you think, oh, I already know this or, oh yeah, like, I know that's really important. Change your words, change your your mind, change your thoughts. But like, are we doing it is the question. (laughs) And it doesn't matter how, quote, spiritually mature or how many years you have been a Christian or how many podcasts you have heard about this topic you need, you can't hear enough because it's so easy to not do it. And we're the person that we hear the most, right? (laughs) Like we live in ourselves. And I think a lot of the times we're just not even aware. We're not even aware of what we're thinking.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, sometimes I, I have to catch myself and I'm like, Whoa, why did I say that? Like the other day I was like, I hate my life. I said that out loud. I hate my life. And I was like, whoa, why? Did, oh my gosh. I was like, I'm so sorry, God, please forgive me. Why did I, that is so rude. Why did I say that? You know, and there is power. I just did a talk on this, on the power of our mouth. It says in the Bible that our mouth has the power to corrupt our body. That our mouth has the power to either fill our body with light or with darkness. And that those who speak with wisdom and discernment and put a watch guard over their mouth will save their soul from distress. And those verses and truths right there compel me so much every day to be like, oh, it matters what comes out of my mouth. And it matters what I think to the point that I'm going to give an account for every careless word that I speak when I get to heaven. That's what it says. We're going to give an account for every careless word that we speak. And I think a lot of times, you know, we think that our words don't matter. We think our thoughts don't matter because we think we don't matter. And so what we think and what we say all comes back down really to an identity issue becomes, it all goes back to, do you believe? That you are a daughter of the king? Do you believe that you are royalty? Do you believe that you have influence, even if you have three followers on Instagram? Even if you don't have an Instagram, do you believe that you have been called to be an ambassador of Christ? Do you believe that your life has meaning and purpose? And if so, are you living like it? Oh, sorry, go ahead. We get, yeah. No, I just think that we get caught up in thinking that we don't matter and that our our words don't matter because we're not at this certain level of influence or we don't have a certain amount of followers on Instagram or we don't have a successful podcast or a book out or I'm not a speaker, I'm not an influencer, I'm just me. You know, so I can say whatever I want because I'm not on a platform. Hmm. And if that is our mentality. Then, what that shows us is we are actually once again worshiping image and people over God, and we 're more we're, we care more about looking holy than actually being holy
0: <laughs> you know as you 're talking about this, and you know if we believe that our life has value and if we believe that we are a daughter of the king and we believe all these things, I know that. What, as you're coaching women, whether they're in the pageant world or not, mm-hmm. that, that mm-hmm. one of the things you're coaching them on is, is how to shift their mindset, like how to ch- change their thoughts about themselves so that they can change the way that they show up in the world. Yeah. I would love it. Just as we're kind of finishing up, if you would share with us a couple of the practical things that you teach women to do. Like, you know, when you're in this circumstance or you feel yourself going down this path, do this or every day, try to do this just so that we can put some action behind the things that we want to start believing about ourselves.
1: Okay. Well, one thing that is in very important in my coaching is to help a woman discover the essence of who God created her to be. Okay. Because we get really caught up in comparing, right? It's like you and I, Stephanie, we both have blonde hair and blue eyes and we both have a heart for women and we're both kind of doing the same thing. So we could compare ourselves to each other. How am I different? How am I more special than her? What is she, what do I have to offer that she's not already giving? But when you can identify the essence of who you are, which is the intrinsic, indispensable nature Character of who God created you to be in the throne room before you were formed in your mother's womb, then guess what? You cannot compare that to anybody. I love that. Because we all represent a different shade of God. It says in the Bible that we radiate the God colors. So, what I do is I lead my coaching clients through meeting Jesus. (laughs) I call it um, a guided encounter, but it's basically listening prayer where you meet Jesus and you ask him, Jesus, what do you? What do you call me? What is my God quality that makes me sparkle in this season? Who have you called me to impact? What is the gift you're activating in me in this season? And, um, and then we debrief through what they hear. And then we reroute it all in scripture. And the point of all of this is to create a customized, what I call a spiritual and mental battle plan. And... Um, Obviously I can't lead everyone through an encounter right now, but what I can tell you is the importance of creating a personalized plan for yourself. And what you can do is look at your life and be like, what are the areas that I want to conquer that I want to, that I want to feel confident in? Like, for instance, for me, I'm like, I want a pure mouth because I cuss sometimes slash not more than sometimes and um so that's like my goal this year is to purify my mouth and so I can't like I can't I'm not going to conquer that if I don't set my mind on it and I don't meditate on it every day it's kind of like going on a diet like if you're going to go on a diet you got to set yourself up for success by having the healthy food in your kitchen you got to have the carrot so you don't eat the chocolate right yes. so it's like all right what am I what am I going to say instead Um, and have that plan in place. So my practical advice is to create a customized battle plan for yourself where you write out personal declarations. So it's like, Hey, it's awesome to have a book. And I've written a book on, you know, web declarations, but why don't you create a guide of personal declarations for yourself that you need, that you want to conquer and own, maybe write 10 of them and then find scripture to root it all in. And I say scripture Because there is power in the word of God. It has the power to divide our sin nature and our flesh and then our spirit and the spirit. So um, when you can find that scripture, then you can start to meditate on what actually brings life to your soul and light in your body and your mind. And then you can actually pray God's word, which is super powerful so, um, I find this really helpful because it's not just like a generic plan. It's like customized for you and then you back it up with the word, which you can't get more powerful than that.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Oh yeah.
1: Sorry. And then one last thing, just to start out your morning, looking at this. Versus obviously your phone or any other devices, your emails, which is so hard to do. It is so hard, even for me, but it is a game changer. It is a game changer. And get to the point where you memorize this stuff, where you don't have to reach for it. Like it's like within you, because it says in the Bible to meditate, meditate on the word. And we can't meditate on it if we don't know it. So when we memorize it, it actually starts to take root and transform us from the inside out.
0: That's awesome. That's so good. Kristen, as we're finishing up, I would love it if you would like, I would love it if we could just finish up with sort of a pep talk for lack of a better way to say that. I just, will you just remind us who we are? Like remind us who we are and why we matter Mm -hmm. as we finish up today. Speak some life over us, Kristen.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I'm just going to speak as if I'm talking to myself and what I need to hear. And that is, we are created uniquely in the image of God on purpose, not so we can just like do things for God and let him use us, but so we can be filled with the magic, (laughs) the magicalness of the Holy Spirit that comes to live inside of us that Like we have access to the supernatural superpower. We have access to heaven. And when we, when we spend time with God and let him transform us from the inside out, which is honestly the most, it is the, the, there's nothing better. There is nothing better in the world than going on this journey of letting God reveal himself to us. In new ways, each season, it's like in every season, he wants to us to learn about him in a new way. And so my pep talk is we're his daughters. We're the bride of Christ. We're a princess. We're a queen. What does that mean? That means that you were treasured. You are valued. You have a purpose that matters beyond yourself, and you're not asked to do it in your own strength, and you're not asked to do it alone, even when it feels very lonely, because as a matter of fact, you have a legion of heavenly angels surrounding you. Um, They are your warriors. They are your protectors. God will never leave you nor forsake you. And I I just want to speak to anyone who might be being slandered or gossiped about or rejected or uninvited right now i just want to say be still and do not gossip about the people who are hurting you and god will be your vindicator that is one of my favorite things about god is we get a good father who vindicates us fights for us redeems what the enemy meant for your harm and he provides for us wow And he will. So be expectant, even if you're in a valley right now and you're like, I don't know about that. I do not know if that's true about God. I understand because I've been there, but keep pressing in because he loves to save us from public disgrace and from disgrace in our own life. He is a God of grace. So I hope that that blesses y'all and gives you hope. God is the God of hope. When we stop hoping, we become jaded and bitter and we feel ugly and dull on the inside. And there is no worse feeling than that. It takes more faith to not believe than to believe that God is good and he will redeem you. So that's my word.
0: Kristen, thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for your words. And I just, we needed this. So
1: thank you. Oh, thank you for having me, Stephanie. Stephanie May Wilson, you're amazing. And I love hearing your thoughts. And you're so good at thinking on the spot. I love it. (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you.
0: (laughs) Friends, seriously, this is awesome. This was so good. It was just beyond uh, just exactly what I was hoping for. So thank you for being here and, and for doing this with me.
1: Of course. Thank you for having me. You're awesome.
0: You guys, isn't Kristen amazing? Seriously, she's our new best friend, right? I just love her, and I love her story, and there were so many times when I was just bowled over by God's truth and His love as she talked. Game-changing, right? Don't forget that if you ever want to find any links for anything we talked about in our Girls' Night episodes, you can always find those over in our show notes. Just head over to girlsnightpodcast.com, and you'll find links for everything, including links for Kristen so that you can pick up her book and follow along with all the great stuff she's doing. Alright friends, that's it for today's episode, but we have so much good stuff ahead this season. And with that in mind, now is the perfect time to make sure you're subscribed. Subscribing to the show is the best way to make sure you never miss an episode. It won't send you an email or anything, it just makes sure your phone downloads the latest episode when a new one's released. And I did want to take a quick second to ask y'all a favor. If you enjoyed this episode or if you've been a Girls Night fan for a while now, would you take just two quick seconds to leave us a rating and a review on iTunes? those reviews help out our podcast so much and it really would mean so much to me. So if you take two quick seconds to do that, I would be so grateful. Friends, thanks so much for joining me for Girls Night and I will see you next week.